Exploremore presents a reading from Strangers Like Angels with a devil or two to boot by Alec and Jan Foreman. like to say thank you for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, do please write to alecjan at gmail.com and do write podcast in the subject line. Thank you. Chapter 4. Venturing Forth. 4th to the 18th of February, 1977. England, Belgium, Holland, Germany, France, Spain. Although the night ferry crossing from Dover to Zeebrugge was calm, we both slept restlessly, quiet and deep in thought as to what lay ahead, disbelieving that our journey had actually begun. It was hard saying goodbye to our families, and they must have been concerned as to what we were letting ourselves in for. My being 25 and Alec 29 driving off into the unknown rather than settling down to pursue our careers, create a home and have children. Our parents had been such an encouragement and had hidden their emotions during those tense moments of last-minute preparations. As we were leaving, my teary-eyed mum placed a medallion in my hands. It was a large cobalt-blue flat stone in a pewter setting on a chain. Inscribed on the back, keep safe. Along with the necklace, she gave me a tiny oval picture of Jesus, blanket stitched with red thread around its edge. For good luck, she said, as I tucked it into my leather passport pouch, Mum's way of sending her love and protection with us. (coughs) Oh my goodness, what's in this tea? I spluttered as the spiked hot tea hit the back of my throat. Mum must have put a tot of whiskey in it. She had said something to warm your cockles as she handed over the flask when we left Brentwood. We had driven a few miles out of Zeebrugge before stopping by the roadside for breakfast. It was half past six and dawn was breaking. The tea washed down the jam sandwiches Mum had packed for us. Wasting no time, we eagerly set off again, taking turns to drive the Land Rover on a dull and dreary day zipping through Belgium, Holland and into Germany. There's a bratty stand over there. Alec noticed and pulled alongside the fast food vendor at our first key destination, Rintown, not far from Hanover in northern Germany. Zwei Bratwurst mit Brot und Senf, bitte. Alec requested in his best German from what he had learnt while we were both stationed in Germany five years previously. Mmm, tastes just as good as I remember said Alec, munching away. I tucked into my sausage in a bread roll with equal relish. We should go to the campsite by the town's lake, the doctor's aid, to stay for the weekend. Alec said as he wiped traces of mustard from his ginger beard. We parked by the doctor's aid and sorted ourselves out. Alec extended the roof in the back and I put the kettle on the paraffin cooker. (laughs) Oh, it's going to take some time getting used to these fumes. 
I exclaimed as I screwed up my eyes and coughed a little. As we drank our freshly brewed cup of tea, a couple came across from a nearby caravan, introduced themselves and kindly invited us to dinner. Tony was a dental technician with the Royal Army Medical Corps and was married to Hannah. He worked at the British Military Hospital there in Rintown. More beer, Alec? Tony asked as we sat in their smart caravan, feeling pleasantly satisfied after a delicious beef curry and rice supper, enjoyed with a glass of sect. So, if you're on your way to Africa, how come you're over here in Rintown? Not exactly a direct route, is it? Well, this is where Jan and I met almost five years ago. My mate Slim and I were stationed in Detmold with the Royal Electrical and Mechanical Engineers. Slim would always come up here to see his girlfriend, Jill. She had nursed him back to health in England after he broke his neck going through the sunroof of his car when he rolled it. Fortunately for him, no lasting damage. So he returned to Detmold and his girl was posted to Rintel. One night he suggested I might like to come along on one of his nights out to the Naffy Social Club at the hospital as there were plenty more nice nurses there. Yes, and that evening, I chipped in, I went across to the Naffy straight after my shift to give a message to someone. That person wasn't there, but Jill was, and she introduced me to Slim and Alec. Jill suggested that I might like to go downtown for a drink with them all. Eyeing Alec, I thought, wow, he's tall and good-looking, why not? I dashed back to my room for a quick bath, dressed to impress and was back within an hour. At the end of the evening, Alec asked me out and I was ecstatic. Trisha, my fun nursing chum, was tickled pink when I told her the news after she returned from home leave in England. So much for the awkward blind dates she'd always arranged for me. Alec rounded off the story. Yes, so as this is the place where we met, we decided it had to be included in the trip. Memories recounted and new memories in the making. We bade our hosts good night and climbed into the Land Rover. We were very tired and ready for our first night's sleep in our new home. Lying snuggled close together in our 39-inch wide bed, we soon drifted off. The next day, we had a nostalgic visit around the picturesque town of Rintown, with its half-timber-framed houses an enchanting market square. Little had changed since I was stationed there for 18 months with the Queen Alexandra's Royal Army Nursing Corps. We sauntered by the military hospital and found it was much the same too. A definite must-do was having cafe and kuchen at our favourite cafe, where we had spent many a leisurely Sunday afternoon. The cakes were as tempting and delectable as we remembered. On the Monday, we drove on to Detmold for Alec to reminisce on his time there, maintaining the helicopters of the Army Air Corps. As the weather was miserable, grey and raining heavily, we only stayed a couple of hours before driving on towards Frankfurt. Keeping in touch with our families was a key activity on the trip, so whenever we could, we took the opportunity to send postcards and letters back home. My dad had fixed a world map to their dining room wall to plot our route, so it was important to let him know the names of the towns that we drove through. Pepignon, France, 
15th of February 1977. Dear Mum, Dad, David and Paul. Really enjoying this nomadic lifestyle. Spent four days in Frankfurt with our friends, Bob from the Army and his girlfriend Sabina. On Sunday we drove south to France, crossing the border at Mulhouse, then via Besançon to lons le saunier where we parked for the night in a car park. Monday, we travelled to Lyon, Valence, Montpellier, then stayed overnight near Bessin. Driving now between the vineyards of southern France, the snow-capped Pyrenees in the distance. We'll soon be in Spain. From now until the 15th of March, send your letters to Post Restaurant, Carnot, Nigeria. Hope everyone is well. Love from Alec and Janice. What's happened? I exclaimed. I had just driven the Land Rover a short distance away from our camping spot beyond Barcelona and the engine had suddenly quit. Fortunately, Alec twigged he hadn't flipped the switch over to the auxiliary fuel tank that he'd fitted beneath the driver's seat. Problem soon resolved and we rolled on. I drove a hundred miles during the first three hours before Alec took the wheel and drove for the rest of the day a further 228 miles. I hope we can take it a little easier once we've reached Africa and not have such long days of driving, I remarked, as I jotted down in our diary what we were seeing and where we had been. Amposta was a town set by a river, in a pretty valley surrounded by hills. Cherry trees showed off their delicate adornment of soft pink blossoms in the bright sunlight. Citrus trees covered acres of land and the abundant fruit hung heavy on the branches. We readily stopped and bought delicious oranges and grapefruits from a roadside store. At La Brilla, we found a parking place for the night by a small garage and cafe. I fixed a tasty omelette with bread for supper and afterwards we popped across to the cafe for a Coca-Cola. Inside, the place was decked out with a television, pinball machines and an open log fire. The long bar was well stocked with booze. Hams and sausages were strung up on high. The barman served two locals with builder-sized sandwiches cut from a gigantic loaf of bread and stuffed full of smoked ham. The next day, the weather was glorious and warm as we drove through the spectacular scenery of Sierra de España. Snow-covered mountains enhanced the distant view. On visiting the town of Bazaar, Alec drove along the narrow streets until the Land Rover became trapped in the town square. It was barricaded on one side by a lorry and cars and on the other by two mules pulling a cart. A helpful policeman guided us to turn around and we found a parking space in a nearby alley. We ensured the vehicle was securely locked and slotted the wooden bars Alec had made into the groove at the bottom of the driver and passenger's windows. This prevented the sliding windows being forced open, as they could be when just relying on the plastic catch. It was great to be out walking amongst the locals in the town instead of just driving past. Elderly women were dressed in black, keeping their heavy woollen shawls nestled around their neck and shoulders to ward off the chilly air of the highlands. Browsing around the market, I was tempted by the display of fresh fruit, vegetables, bread and cheeses. But I didn't fancy the meat at all. It looked so vulgar with the butchered animal bodies 
complete with heads skinned and splayed out on the counters. Flies darted from eye sockets to intestines. Our supplies replenished, we returned to the Land Rover by walking across the town square, where a group of schoolgirls skipped in front of the church. Two girls stood a distance apart, held a length of rope and turned it in unison. The other girls waited in line to take their turn to run forward and jump up and over the rope as it swung just above the ground. They chanted a rhyming Spanish skipping song as they played together. From Bazaar, we drove to Gordi, where we parked and walked up to a vantage point to see the town in the valley below. The droning noise of busy traffic and human activity rose out from the streets with their modern high-rise flats. Behind us in the distance were houses built into the earth's crust within natural caves along the hillside. Such a curious oldie-worldie place to live. As we drove towards and through Granada, industrial smog hung like a mantle over the city. We gladly reached Loja by three that afternoon and stopped on a hill that overlooked the picturesque village. We spent the rest of the day doing a few chores and a couple of the locals stopped to greet us as they were walking by. They were quietly amused by our living quarters. On the next day, two weeks after leaving England, we drove the final 113 miles along coastal roads to the Spanish town of Algeciras. We headed straight to the port to purchase the ferry tickets, then to the grocer's to buy food before arriving at the tourist campsite. There we met up with two Australian couples travelling in their Volkswagen dormobiles. They had been in Morocco for three months and were waiting to go to the Canary Islands. Alec checked over the Land Rover to ensure everything was in good order whilst I did the laundry and prepared the documents we needed for entry into Africa. Alec shaved his beard off, leaving his sideburns, so that his image more closely resembled his passport photo. As we went to bed, we chatted excitedly of the adventures to come. Total distance driven, 2,222 miles. You've been listening to a reading from Strangers Like Angels with a Devil or Two to Boot by Alec and Jan Foreman, presented by Explore More. Explore More is an adventure lifestyle brand founded on the 1977 travel stories of Alec and Jan Foreman with a passion to inspire people to explore more of the world, engage with others and embrace global cultures to ensure a greater understanding for each other and enable positive progression. Discover great products and more on exploremore.com. That's E-X-P-L-M-O-R-E dot com.